0: Back everyone to the Tales Never Fails Podcast. I'm your host, I'm your producer at Seabrands 5. Joining me through the airwaves is the one and only Parker Hurley. Parks, how are we doing today? It's not getting any
1: warmer out. No, yeah, I'm doing okay, but like we were just kind of saying, it's that weird little transition between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and uh it's always kind of a weird period in the NFL too, because you have you know, you're wondering You know, what type of teams are playing for something, what type of teams are just giving up on their year, what type of coaches are, you know, fired. It's a really weird time. And, you know, sometimes the bet sizes, you know, will go down a little bit, especially, you know, maybe I won't play as many because it's like a weird time between Thanksgiving and Christmas.
0: Sure is. And uh, for you fancy players out there, this could be the make or break week to make the good old playoffs. Uh, There's a lot of implications going on this week, Parks
1: that's true so you guys better listen in because i have a pretty decent uh season-long fantasy team and we've been doing pretty good on uh, dfs too so uh we'll roll in some tips we'll hopefully we'll give you some decent bets so hopefully just another decent week here
0: no doubt all right well i'm trying to load your bets right now you got a couple in here but uh fucking okay well let's start with the first game here parks we're gonna to go to the 1 o'clock. We're gonna go with a little AFC matchup. Uh, this matchup might have been, you know Maybe looking a little better at the beginning of the year But now it's not looking as great just because the Jaguars are sitting at 3 and 8 But the uh, Red Hawk Colts sitting at 6 and 5 are uh, going into Jacksonville here to play them and uh, Indy is minus 3 on the road. It opened up minus 4 now it's at minus 3. Cody Kessler will be starting at quarterback for these Jaguars and the over under is looks like it's at forty eight. I'm trying to learn uh, odds and scores and odds new little layout here. <laughs> um, uh, Parks, you got the Red Hot Colts versus the Red the Ice Cold Jaguars out. What any leans here? What are you feeling?
1: I think it opened three and now it's four.
0: See, yeah, I do. I can't figure out this website. Okay, yeah, okay. It's at minus yeah. four now. And because I was like, like damn, 47. it's all the way down to three now. That'd yeah. be crazy. Okay, but, I, got uh, I got it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it it was it was what, three and then it went to four and a half and I ended up taking four and a half. And we'll see uh, if I'm either crazy for taking four and a half or I'm looking pretty smart for taking four and a half. But it's kind of been my whole theory is that, you know, Blake Bortles has been kind of one of the big issues for the Jaguars. And I kind of said it on the last one, um, or I've been saying it all season, and kind of if you look at it, um, you would have some success when coaches get fired. You typically see a bounce, you know, an upgrade for the team. The Buccaneers' defense, you know, for a couple weeks there, you know, they were going under the total ever since they fired their uh, coordinator, the Browns, you know, ever since they fired their what's-his-name, you know, start winning a few games here and there. I'm kind of saying the same thing with uh, with Hackett and Blake Bortles, especially – For the defense, because you look at the defense, they're still like, they're like 12th or like if you like overall, you know, looked at their numbers, everything overall, kind of just stacked everything together, put it together for like an overall ranking. They'd probably be like around 12th as far as like how good they are. So like they're still above average, but they're obviously not where they should be. And I'm still kind of saying a little bit of what they should be comes down to the fact that um, Bortles is turning the football over a lot. And, you know, his career um, interception rate is 2.8 percent. You look at Cody Kessler's, it's down at 1.6 percent. And that's kind of – that's been my whole theory, you know that Kessler turns the football over a lot less. You know, completion percentage, 59% for Bortles, 64% for Cody Kessler. You know, yards per attempt, 6.5 for Cody Kessler, 6.2 for Blake Bortles. So you kind of, you know, that's where I'm saying is that, like, at least he's, one, a more efficient quarterback, and, two, he doesn't turn the football over. So you have that going for you, at least for the offense to where, um, I know Fournette's not going to play, but you have Yeldon and Hyde. Like, you literally traded for Hyde because, like, you were this this might happen. So I know also their offensive line is banged up. But the big difference between Bortles and um, Kessler is Bo- – you know, Bortles is big athleticism, and he can kind of avoid sacks and make plays with his feet. Cody Kessler is, you know, a non-athlete. What's, you know, he's not an athlete at all. He's kind of like in the Nick Mullins um, range of quarterbacks. So um, that's what you're getting with this kid. But, like, he, he still takes sacks sometimes because – He he can't one, he can't avoid the pressure, and two, he kinda he's not gonna throw that turnover worthy play, you know. So he's gonna take a few sacks, but then you look, the Coulter, twenty-fourth and sack rate, you know, most of their good defensive line players are good run defenders. I always kinda say, at least they're pretty good against the run. And I said it, you know, in the last matchup when the Indianapolis played Jacksonville, I said I said, this is when you have to bench Blake Bortles because this was his best chance for the rest of the season. And it was against a terrible Indianapolis secondary. And I said he did just enough because he covered or they pushed the spread. The spread was three in Indianapolis. So if you do the math, just two weeks ago. The spread should be Jags minus three. And I understand that Jags lose two games since then. The Colts win a couple games since then. i um, sure the Colts are favored, but I still think you get the upgrade him, you know, potentially in Kessler and that he's not going to tr- turn it over. You get the defense potentially playing a little bit. You get the fact that this Colts defense is overrated or I mean, it's not like even rated that well. You know, it's a bad de- or it's like it's a good run defense, but it's a bad defense in that they gave up, you know, 300 Uh, passing yards to Blake Bortles just a few weeks ago and they lost by three points and, you know, kind of a decently close game overall. So that's where I'm kind of looking and thinking that potentially, um, the Jaguars could cover this game. You look at the Colts' schedule. They played the Bills, Raiders. You know, they played the Jags. And then they played the Titans and Dolphins. So, you know, they haven't... The toughest team they played is the Jaguars, you know, or, you know, the Titans. But the way the Titans just played, it was right off of that Patriots game. They kind of just laid down. Mariota gets hurt. You know, their coach has a heart attack on the sidelines or whatever. Um, Dean Pease. So, you know, that was like a... You know, th- those are the toughest games the Colts have played. Jaguars played Dallas, Houston, um, Philadelphia, Indianapolis, and then Pittsburgh you know, and then Buffalo, it obviously kind of just fell apart for them. So I'm kind of looking for Jacksonville. This is like one of their last chances. Um, it's really the Super Bowl because they're out of the playoffs. There's absolutely nothing to play for except for kind of just to prove themselves without, you know, one without Bortles, two without Hackett kind of just show themselves. So I'm looking for them to compete in the division at home and, you know, lose by three at worst because they just went to Indian loss by three at worst. So that's where I'm kind of just sitting in this game thinking that they'll contend. The other big thing is Jack Doyle's out and I've been saying for weeks and I said, destroyed Jacksonville was you get a bunch of tight ends and you start running them deep down the football field and Jacksonville didn't really have um the understanding to you know match up with that because they're good with their cornerbacks but without Jack Doyle you know is it going to be Mo Alley Cox or do you go to Ryan Grant because then it's Grant on the cornerbacks I know Ramsey's hurt but boy has actually been better than him statistically um nonetheless they're they're banged up a little bit I know T.Y. Hilton's missing practice uh Heinz's or um Max missing practice they should both play but still um that's where I'm definitely looking to the Jaguars here
0: um. What about is it Eric Swoop? Is that, is that the one tight end's name?
1: Yeah, I, I think it would be Mo Alley-Cox. I mean, it's just tough because um, they're looking for a blocker more than they're looking for a pass catcher, you know? Like, they yeah. want Ebron to be their pass catcher, and it could be for fantasy. It would be Ebron. It's not going to be any—I mean, it could be like these guys for a sleeper, but the only way they're going to hit is like two catches for 20 yards and a touchdown, you know? They're looking for a blocker that can stay in line so that they can flex Ebron out and highlight him in the passing game. Um, without that blocker, Ebron's blocking, and then it's not like, you know what I mean? It's not his uh, overall dynamic. So that's where it's tough. Also, I think TJ Yeldon, because they're not going to run the football very well, but Kessler's going to check the football down a ton. Um, and Yeldon has actually outsnapped Todd Hyde since he's been traded. So I think Yeldon is like a very deep sleeper for fantasy.
0: Fire up your Yeldon, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Parks. Well, that's good good But Let's move on here. Oh, we're going to go from the uh, AFC South to the uh, NFC South here. And we got good old uh, Cammie Newton rolling into Tampa to play jmo Winston, and the Buccaneers. Uh, Carolina is 6-5, and five, while Tampa is 4-7. Carolina could definitely use a win here. This game opened up minus 3. Carolina on the road is now at minus 3.5 the over/under has dropped from 56 to 54 and a half parks can cam newton get back on track and will Jameis have one of his blow-up games what's gonna happen here
1: i mean nobody knows about Jameis winston that's what makes <laughs> it so hard to bet on the bucks anymore is that uh their quarterback is just like so up and down and ever since that like washington game i've just like had a sour taste in my mouth like even looking towards um betting the buccaneers but if we, should it be a bit bounce back game for Cam Newton? Like, absolutely. You know, he just put up 42 on them. I know it was in Carolina, but that's what he did to this defense. You know, that's how dynamic it could potentially be in the defense. Like I said, maybe it's trending up a little bit, but um not really in the fact that I just said last week I think it was a lot of Nick Mullins more than it was Tampa Bay. They just lost Levante David. And I know he's practicing this week, but you saw what Matt Breida just did to the Buccaneers without, you know, a guy like Levante David playing. And that could just be huge for McCaffrey. Not only that, they've already been really bad to passes to the running back. You know, Levante has been, you know, kind of a good edge center, can blow some runs up here and there. Um, They've been still still been struggling with passes to the running back. That would just be exemplified with without David who like I said is still he's practicing so you got to keep a look on that but nonetheless even with David or it's probably a banged up David and it's McCaffrey who's just going to, you know, he's playing the best football. And, you know, I said for a while and uh, he was better than Leonard Fournette coming out in like he's always been better than Leonard Fournette, I feel like. And it's just like people get so drawn to the size thing. And, you, you know, I don't know. He's just he's McCaffrey's really good. And I think he's going to have a really big game. And the other one I'm looking for is DJ Moore, because I was calling for him the last time they played the Bucks. And it was like, it was like his first or second start and he didn't really get too, too involved, but I think he's pretty uh, involved in the offense now to the point where, you know, Devin Funches is banged up. He's not really even contributing and they're still, I know they're, you know, in this losing streak, but it's still like DJ Moore is pretty much carrying the offense from a passing standpoint. Curtis Samuel gets splash plays, but you look, he doesn't like play enough. They don't seem to trust him enough. Um, he's, he's dynamic as hell when he plays, but DJ Moore, I think is the guy that you like really go to in this game because they don't play any of their other receivers enough to really like, um, expand and like have a huge game. But DJ Moore could just, he, it could be like the way he's going, um, he, he can go deep and he gets uh, huge yards after the catch because he's like really thick. He's like kind of golden tatish, you know, you know what I mean? With like how thick he is, but still as a smaller player. And he can like really move with the ball in his hands, but he's also like he he can get deep down the field. I guess that is kind of Golden Tate-ish too. But um, he could really have a big game against his secondary, and I thought he could a couple weeks ago. And I think it just was that he just wasn't involved enough, and it could just be like a huge um, opportunity. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's where I'm. For, as like from a betting standpoint, I'm you know start Cam McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Olson. They're all fine. Um, you know, Olsen's kind of, it's just like iffy anymore at tight end, you'd probably find someone cheaper, but uh, you know, for DFS, but you're you're looking like over probably in this game. Cause I mean, if Carolina loses this game, the way that they lose this game is that you're still looking at them and, you know, ever since Pittsburgh kind of exposed them, it's so clear they don't have a pass rush that like can really, you know, help, help their secondary out and their secondaries, like their safeties are, you know, Eric Reed and, uh, Adams, who you know, Adams is like 37 and reads like, you know, um, he's been injured and stuff and he's been okay, but yeah, they have no pass rush whatsoever, just been getting absolutely torched. And then their slot cornerbacks just terrible. So, um, you're thinking Tampa Bay could potentially move the football. I just said last week, uh, Jameis had his best game of his career or his season uh, for sure. So, and he, you know, he's playing for something like he's just been benched twice. He's got like a lot of accusations. Um, I don't know. Like you know, you were even saying like, is he going to start for any team next year? You know, nobody knows. So he's playing for a lot, and he's in like a really good situation in terms of no pass rush, banged up secondary. I don't know if Dante Jackson's going to play, but he probably um, he's practicing too. So just another thing, but still. Jameis is playing no pass rush for the second straight week. You know, that was another thing. Is I was saying, you know, how bad is it or how good is Jameis? How bad is Sam Frank gets no pass rush and he can just sit back and chill? Same thing with Carolina. He could just sit back, throw some deep balls like they're going to, you know, consistently and consistently and consistently do you know, um, Seattle, you just saw them have a lot of success deep down the field. But I was just saying, you know, they they just run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. And then when it's time to throw it deep, they did and had success against Carolina. Tampa Bay is going to throw the ball and throw the ball and throw the ball. So I think, I think Jameis is a really good play. I think um, all the receivers, I know d is banged up. So that just makes Evans and Godwin and even Humphreys um, because Humphreys would just be solely in the slot. He like rotates with Godwin and jackson and they all kind of rotate so it's like a mess and you just have to go to evans in dfs for the most part but if if jackson's out it actually opens up everybody else to like have a really good week um you know uh, carolina's like 30th against tight ends jamis usually goes to brayton the uh, red zone so that's even a cheaper option too so but really yeah you're just looking over you're looking to get as many dfs guys from um both sides of the team and that's why i don't know like about the either side honestly i could see tampa bay like hold firm, Jameis have a really good game. And you're walking away saying, yeah, Carolina is like phony as hell. You know, they can't even win on the road. But then you could also just see Carolina get back in the best of ways. And Jameis is just like, you know, oh, he has one good game, you know, and that's all he, he's going to be a bench player for the rest of his career. So I don't know, but I would definitely look over and I would definitely look to start guys in this game.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of question marks between JMO and this Carolina Panthers team that you can't really tell if they were good or not. I questioned it back in that Baltimore game, and they took care of business against Baltimore, but uh, now it's like, I don't fucking know, man, because the Steelers exposed them. And they just look very fraudulent.
1: Yeah, it's a weird team. And one last matchup to watch for is the James Bradbury-Mike Evans. Um, he was targeted. Mike was targeted 10 times. He had one catch. So Mike Evans usually wins that matchup. So that'll be really interesting to see, you know, how he goes back to him because he's going to get ten targets again. You know, could Mike turn that into like nine for a hundred and a touchdown, like for sure? So, you know, if if you believe in that one, um, I kind of do. I think that that was a strong performance for Bradbury, but more of an anomaly.
0: All righty, well let's move on here, Parks. We're gonna go with a little uh, interconference rivalry here. We got uh, Lamar Jackson, the boys rolling in the hot Atlanta. Uh, this line has actually flopped over the Mason Dixon line. Went from minus one Ravens to minus one and a half Falcons. Um, this is at Atlanta, and the over/under is sitting at a nice, smooth forty-nine. Parks, um, you know, I got a pretty good Ravens defense here. You got a pretty good uh, Atlanta uh, offense. Uh, what do you, what do you see happening here?
1: Yeah, I don't have like a good feel for the side, but I would think the under in this game, um, mainly because. I think the Ravens this is like a playoff game for the Ra- I mean it's really a playoff game for both sides when you kind of you know look at how how this is going and um Joe Flacco just practiced today and I've been saying that Joe Flacco's injury status is all dependent on how good Lamar Jackson is and this is a game where you know if Lamar Jackson loses and it doesn't look good you probably have to go or they're probably going to go back to Joe Flacco um, if he wins and plays well, you're never going to see Joe Flacco wear a Baltimore jersey game. Yeah, you, know, you know the injury is just going to flare up, or you know they're just going to ride the hot hand or whatever. So that this is like the the biggest uh, this is like the litmus test for Lamar Jackson. But um, I think the one you know the biggest issues I would probably have are that you know one I've already said you know he got he's already he gets like a little antsy, gets a little too excited, he has some accuracy issues, he could start flaring some passes, and the other thing that I was saying with you know. Against Oakland, you saw that against Oakland. And you saw that against Carolina on the road Um I know he wasn't starting, but you still saw that. That's where you really saw it. But then you saw against Oakland that they tried to get him involved as a passer early on. And I was saying I think that's a lot of because you're playing Oakland and everyone's criticizing the game plan and saying, oh, if they do that against Atlanta, you know, they're probably going to lose this game. I'm saying that I don't think it's going to happen necessarily. I think it's going to go back to more of what you have in Cincy and they treat it like a playoff game. And they're like, I don't I don't think it's like development be damned. I think Lamar is going to throw like, you know. Like 16, 20 passes, probably. I mean, it depends on the pace of the game because I think the Ravens' real idea of this game is we're going to go in there. They rank like 32nd against the run. I I say it every week that... You know, ever since Deion Jones, ever since Keanu Neal, they haven't found a huge answer. Um, I know it's been mainly passes to the running back, but the idea is they can't handle speed in the backfield. So now you get speed in the backfield in the idea of Lamar Jackson and, you know, Gus Edwards is a good compliment and some time on gum reaction with the jet sweep. Um, it's going to be really tough for Atlanta to hang up with, you know, hang on with that. But I think the idea with that is, you know. They're going to run the ball a ton, like just so freaking much. And that's where I just think, you know, it's going to be like a 24-20 game where, you know, Lamar Jackson, you know, just grinding out first downs, taking some himself. Maybe he does get up to, you know, 20 carries again on this game. And, you know, he probably is going to have some success running the football. But like it's just going to be him and Gus Edwards just running the football, really trying to grind this team out and really trying to, you know, kind of spare their defense due to the fact that their defense is playing you know in a dome against this atlanta team who's like really trying to get right and you know atlanta what their last couple weeks they've really struggled they struggled um they or they beat up on washington then they struggled against dallas then they struggled against new orleans and you know baltimore doesn't get any easier in terms of you know who that matchup is uh dan quinn talked about trying to get back to the running game like they can't run the football in baltimore that's not going to happen you know the one area where you kind of think is that they're probably going to put Marlon Humphrey on uh, Calvin Ridley, which is really interesting because they both went to Alabama together. So that's going to be like I don't I honestly don't know who's going to win that. I know Marlon Humphrey has been awesome this season, like really freaking good. Um, probably like in terms of everything, he would beat Ridley. But like then again, you know, who knows what kind of tricks Ridley has up his, up his sleeve in terms of Humphrey, you know. But then I think that really sets up for – Julio should just – I mean, I don't know if it'll be another touchdown again, but it's going to be the same old Julio, like yeah. 7 for 130, because Jimmy Smith is just struggling. Michael Thomas really had a huge game against him. I think he could be, you know, pretty similarly. And that's where I think, you know, Baltimore is kind of saying, you know, and Brandon Carr is playing in the slot, and he doesn't really play in the slot often. You know, this is actually – it's because Humphrey's playing so well. They can't, you know, they can't take Humphrey out. They can't bench Jimmy Smith because he's rehabbing or, you know, you just got back from an Achilles injury. Like they ha- and Carr is like still playing pretty well. So they have to put car in the slot. But it's un- like it's unknown territory for him. And that's why I'm saying with Baltimore on offense, they have to look at this game and they have to slow this game the hell down. And they have to just run the football like crazy. Um, and if like I said, if Atlanta runs the football, then it's like a huge, you know, this game's going to fly under. Um, and that's a good, that's a good thing. If you want to take the under, um, if not, I, you know, I think Atlanta could have some success. And like I said, twenty four twenty. 20, I do think there could be some scoring, but that still gets you under in this game. So that's where I'm really looking to the under. I'm really interested to see, because it, like I said, it, it's a lot is on the line for Lamar Jackson. Um, I think they're going to put him in some advantageous situations. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he takes advantage of, you know, this is his first road test, like for real. And you look at, you know, Cincinnati and Oakland And, like, yes, he should have done. I absolutely expected him to do what he did to Cincinnati and Oakland, you know, potentially even potentially better. So... This is a huge test for him on the road, especially I, Atlanta might get Deion Jones back. That'd be really huge for Atlanta. And again, really huge for the under because that would just change their run defense. And it gives Atlanta something to play for where I really, you know, if they run the table, they could make the playoffs. So Atlanta's still playing for something. They're at home. Um, that's why it's tough to bang into Baltimore, especially when Baltimore's like, I don't think they're going to throw the football much. I really don't because I, I think they're going to treat it like a playoff game with a running quarterback and, you know, development be damned. Like I said, I think he's going to get a little bit development but not like against the Raiders where they just like kind of let him just tee off a little bit and let him throw and like, you know, kind of took the training wheels off. I think it's run the football. That's where I'm looking under.
0: All right. Like that. Uh, I have one problem with the Ravens though. You see what they call Gus Edwards? The bus. Are you fucking kidding
1: me? I know that's Lamar Jackson. He, he just like, I don't know. He just called him that one day in the press Uh, conference. So it rhymes, hmm. I guess.
0: Give me more reason to hate the Ravens. Just give me more reason. Yep,
1: me more reason. Yeah, man. We will see.
0: All right. Well, let's move on here. Um, we're gonna go to uh, Parks. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna say it now. I think we got a little upset alert here. I think we got a little bit of an upset alert here for next to the next one. We got the good old Baker Mayfield, Cleveland Browns, rolling into Houston. Listen, i I think thinking he a little upset here. I think we're on the Brownies as well, but uh, it's four and six Brownies rolling into the eight and three Houston Texans. The line is currently at minus five and a half Houston. It opened at six and a half over under one from 48 to 47. Parks, do you see it happen? I know you like the Brownies, but do you see an upset happen here?
1: Potentially, yeah, and I definitely agree with the line movement of um, Browns and under because I think both defenses could have some success, you know, you look at Baker, and he had a lot of you know, kind of similar to Lamar, Lamar Jackson, where um, where a lot of his success came was you know Kansas City bad defense comeback you know situation, um, Atlanta's defense even you know, but on the road um, to get a situation, and then um, the Bengals' defense who's just absolutely falling apart. So now he gets you know like a decent defense in the Houston Texans, but yeah, I mean my thing has been for like a long time that um, I'm wondering how good Houston's uh, you know how because of the schedule, I'm just wondering how good you know. They actually are. I don't think they've actually like really been tested. I think this, as crazy as it sounds, is their best test. You look, you know, Dallas was a good test on the schedule. They beat him sixteen to thirteen in overtime because Jason Garrett made a terrible decision, and they didn't even have Amari Cooper. Like the way Dallas is playing now with Amari Cooper, Dallas blows out Houston in that spot. Like that's what we're thinking about with Houston is like the potential of them. You know, like I said with Indianapolis, that was no Jack Doyle and Costanzo, and I'm already afraid of them without uh, Jack Doyle, and they have Costanzo back. And they've run wild ever since Costanzo came back, but they were awful. You know, they built, they've got into a huge hole. Um, A lot of it was because of Costanzo. So, I mean, like uh, you can't look at Houston's, even their two most impressive wins on this eight game winning streak are like asterisks a little bit or like pretty much because like those are huge pieces that have, you know, proven to swing seasons. So then you're looking at, you know, some other pieces and, you know, Cleveland is obviously trending in a huge direction since Hugh Jackson. It also comes down to Joe Scobert on defense and, um, He's their middle linebacker. He calls plays like he played next to TJ Watt at Wisconsin. And they had, I think they went to like the Rose Bowl or something. So like a really good defensive linebacker um, has really made some waves for, you know, Cleveland. And I was saying, you know, Jamie Collins, because he had to play call plays ever since Scobert. That was awful against Kansas City. And yeah, I mean, they're playing better because of him. You look when he's off the field, um, opponents have a 54% or a 55% run success rate and they have a 57% pass success rate. It goes down to 52% and 47% when Scobert's on the field. And I mean, yes, you talk about Baker's excelling against good defenses. Who did Scobert just come back and excel against? You know, the Atlanta Falcons. And, you know, I mean, sure. um, What's it called? Uh, Since he didn't have uh, A.J. Green. But still, I think that, you know, you're coming back and you're playing some good ball. And then obviously Nick Chubb, um, some real huge disparities with Nick Chubb. Uh, They had a 40% success run rate when Nick Chubb was not on the field. It's up to 47% now. Um, They had a 43% uh, pass success rate when he was not on the field. It's up to 61% when he's on the field. So he's like having a huge impact on what they're doing. And that's why when you look at um, the Houston Texans um, defense, they're metrically playing really well against the run. They haven't played any good running attacks and I think, you know, Nick Chubb could be a pretty good running attack. And I think it helps when you have mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield on the road against one of the tougher defenses he played, you know, J.J. Watt, David Clowney. I've already said when you throw blitzes at Baker, um, it gets bad potentially for Baker. you got to run the football with Nick Chubb. And, I, yeah, I think the potential is that Nick Chubb could um, have some success running the football a little bit. And I think the other one is David Njoku because you even saw uh, Johnny Smith had a 60-yard touchdown. Uh, tight ends are just destroying the Houston Texans. Every single week. And um, it's mainly because Zach Cunningham can kind of get to the edge, and that's why you rank good run defense. You can kind of push things inside with Zach Cunningham when you have J.J. Watt and all that. And uh, But Zach Cunningham can't defend the tight ends right now. He's a real, or he, I think he's in his second year. Either way, I think a who's going to have a pretty good game. I think the one for Houston would be um, Lamar Miller. And I, I say it every week with the Cleveland Browns, is that you can't pass the football on them because, you know, one, they have a really good pass rush. To Denzel Ward was a really big hit. That, you know, it gets dangerous when you throw the football. You know, Jabril Peppers is playing great. Demarius Randall picks one off and he'll give you the ball afterwards. You know, like they're playing good. They're, uh, I think they're leading the uh, league in takeaways right now. But, um, you look at Houston, how they have had success recently was, um, and it goes back to what I said in like week four is you got to quit making Deshaun Watson a pocket passer. And they started relying on the running game. They started using Watson's legs more. And yeah, this is definitely, this is a test for uh, Cleveland because it's by far the most mobile quarterback that they're going to play for, you know, against with Deshaun Watson. So it's going to be really interesting how a guy like Miles Garrett and how, you know, a guy like Greg Williams can contain that he has the athletes to do it. Um, It could be done, but It'll be interesting to see. I think that really does bode well for Lamar Miller because Cleveland's really good against the pass. They're just awful against the run. Um, passes, the running back, they're really, really bad. They're 32nd in the NFL against, you know, you saw teams have just exposed Cleveland with passes to the running back. Um, the issue with that is... Houston throws it to the running back, at least in the NFL, 15% of the time, which the league average is like 21% of the time. Lamar Miller, um, I don't know whether it's Bill O'Brien or what, but doesn't catch passes. So I think the biggest weakness of Cleveland is something that Houston might not necessarily um, be able to contain. I think Lamar Miller could have a good game without that. I think if they open it up and throw the ball to Lamar Miller, he could just torch um cleveland but at the end of the day i'm looking cleveland and under because i think they can run the ball control the clock and then i don't think that um houston can have much success passing the football so i think both teams want to run the ball and control the clock pretty much and um you know while both teams may have success i think it's a back and forth game i think it's really close and i could definitely see um because cleveland is so hot and houston is so fraudulent um the records really don't do justice to what um these teams are really like it should be like a three point spread, um, maybe four point spread. So, six points, you're definitely getting a lot more. I mean, we even got six and a half, um, and it, I think it even got up to seven before it came down. So, um, yeah, Browns and under. And I, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how the Browns can really get rolling. And, you know, other thing I was kind of thinking about with a stupid Baker talk. I mean, I can't believe people are talking about Baker Mayfield, but like, uh, it kind of, it now, now it matters for the locker room because if he loses after he calls out Hugh Jackson and like now other people on the team are calling out Hugh Jackson, like you can't just go to Houston and get your ass kicked because then Baker Mayfield looks like an idiot because it's, Oh, you, you thought the Super Bowl was beating the Bengals, you know, like Baker Mayfield looks like that guy, you know, so they can't, they can't be that guy. So I actually do like now that it's become like an actual topic. I think that it like actually kind of matters a little bit that um, this team has to come out and play for Baker Mayfield and play for the fact that you know beating Hugh Jackson wasn't a big deal. We got to go on the road and beat the Houston Texans, and that's a much bigger deal. So we'll see. It really comes down to Baker. So we'll see.
0: Um, do you think that Chubby or Lamar will make any of your main DFS uh, lineups there?
1: Um, probably not because I'm looking under, and honestly, I haven't been like a I haven't been on the Lamar train, and like I've missed some good Lamar spots for sure, but. I would go Lamar before Chubb, but um, yeah, that's why I'm looking under, honestly. And I was thinking Jarvis Landry, but then I saw Aaron Colvin's going to play, and he's been a really good slot corner. So it's kind of tough. I know Evan Silva said like a deep sleeper, Antonio Callaway, but yeah, it's, it's tough to find like too much fantasy love in this game. That's why I'm really looking under.
0: All right. Well, there you have it. Well, let's move on here, Parksy. Uh, we're going to go the AFC East now where we got a kind of a – uh, you know one of these games here. I got the four seven Bills uh, playing the nice uh, five and six Miami Dolphins. Uh, Bills get a nice little vacation to Miami in this one. Um, this opened up minus. What, am I reading this right? Minus six Buffalo, and now it's minus four Miami. I'm not. I think that. it was
1: minus six uh, Miami.
0: Okay, uh, I'm just fucking website man. We uh, <laughs> need to
1: get a new website.
0: Minus four. We got minus four <laughs> Miami and then the overruns at 42. Uh, Parks, uh, nothing really here that I see is too incredible. Uh, what do you like in this game, if anything?
1: Yeah, at first I was liking um, Buffalo, but now I think, I, like, the more I digged into the game, I think I like Miami. So um, it's interesting. You know, I was, I fir- my first argument with, with Buffalo was that, you know, you get Josh Allen back, you're flying kind of high, you know, you beat the Jaguars. But I think much more than Baker Mayfield, you could see the you know Super Bowl effect, you know the big win for the you know for that team. Um, come to play with Josh Allen and them heading down to Miami, you know just coming off of a win where you know the Bills were good. Uh, whenever people started thinking Bama was better, you know Alabama could beat them. That's when they beat the shit out of the Jets and then they beat uh, the Jaguars. You know once people start questioning them, nobody's questioning the Bills. You know heading into Miami, people are betting on the Bills. They went from plus six to you know plus four. And people are, you know, I guess calling for the upset because of that. So that's where I'm kind of thinking about it. And you look at the numbers, actually, um, the Bills haven't been much different offensively when Josh Allen is on the field versus when he's off the field. And um, that goes down to the playmakers much more than does Josh Allen. And it goes down to Matt Barkley. Um, Like I said, in that Jets game, Matt Barkley just, you know, was dropping bombs and really, you know, made up for a lot of the difference statistically and what can happen with the Buffalo Bills. But also, you look at it, and I thought it was really funny. And this goes back to what I was kind of saying about Adam Gase. Uh, Tannehill and Osweiler, there's, there hasn't been a difference offensively. Even the 4-0 start Tannehill, um, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's an argument to be made that Osweiler could have went 4-0 in those situations. So that's, that's what makes it a really, you know, like a funny situation. And You actually look at Miami, and the big difference for when they play well and when they play poorly is when Laramie Tunsell's on the field. And Laramie Tunsil's going to play in this game, and I think he's healthy because he played, you know, the full game against the Jacksonville Jaguars and obviously had an impact. So, I mean, you're thinking that Miami coming, you know, back home, you know, they just hung with the Colts. You know, we're going to see when the Colts play Jacksonville, how fraudulent or, you know, how real they are. But um, Miami had a chance to win that game. Like I said, you know, it's not like Tannehill's doing much for them. So, um that's where I kinda of think that potentially Miami could have a get right game. And it could be, you know, the same Bills that you saw back in the day, you know, losing, you know, twenty two nothing, thirty-eight nothing, like, you know, just getting their ass kicked a little bit. Um, it could get back to, you know, resort back to that type of team this late into the season, road trip to Miami. I know it's a division game, but that's like that's kinda of the angle that like and like I said, when I first looked at it I was thinking Bills and like all of a sudden I started thinking, you know what, Miami might just blow them out in this game. And it might just come down to Kenyon Drake versus them. And I talked about it um with Tara Cohen, like a few weeks ago, they get torched on passes to the running backs. And um, so they got, I forget what, they got torched on passes to the running backs just a few weeks ago, even because Cohen did it with Peterman. But I was thinking of another one a couple weeks ago. Either way, Kenyon Drake, I think, is like if you're going to do anything fantasy wise, you got to do Kenyon Drake. Um, Kenny Stills went to the media and said, I can't throw the football to myself. So if you want to play the narrative, Kenny Stills might uh, get the football thrown his way. But you, I mean, you look at Miami and it's what Adam Gase does. And I mean, like I said, I mean, technically, and by the numbers, it's working. Just the way he's shuffling in receivers, um, kind of in and out. Like nobody's a good play because everybody gets four targets. You know, that's just like what's going on in this in this team. But I really think you got to ditch the Frank Gore stuff because Buffalo has a huge, you know, great front, and you got to get some Kenyon Drake action. So Kenyon Drake, the sleeper, I am calling like you know maybe twenty-seven nothing type of stuff. Um, I think it could go over because Miami's defense is terrible. Um, and, you know, maybe Josh Allen starts running for some. And then, you know, it's like, what, twenty seven seventeen goes over. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it definitely goes. It's 44 goes over. So that's what I'm saying. I think I could actually, twenty seven seventeen might be my call for this game. So um, I'm thinking Dolphins and over. That's what I was kind of thinking of for the first part. And, yeah, I think Dolphins get right a little bit, and I think they score some points. Um, so that's that's where I'm leaning with that one.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, nice little lean on the fishies. I want to remember that because I'm probably going to bet them. I don't know. I'm kind of feeling them as well. They're parking. yeah like a bills is fake type
1: of sunday you know
0: yeah if you see now they're like oh man it's real cold in buffalo now we're in miami it's ah we're just gonna relax you know take sunday off a little bit it's kind of thinking how they're feeling a little bit got their revenge
1: on the jags you know jalen Ramsey looks like an ass hat we look smart you know now we're in miami yeah
0: boom love it yeah all right well let's move on here park's uh, we're gonna go to your good old Chicago Bears here, Parks. Uh, they got a little game against the Giants here. This has a little trap potential behind it, I would believe at least. Um, it's only at minus four and a half Chicago on the road, and is at now at minus three and a half. Um, and now the over/under's at forty-four and a half. Parks, uh, is Trubisky gonna play? I'm not really sure on his status. And uh, what do you think's gonna happen?
1: No, he's out, and that's why it's going down. But okay. to be honest, I think if it got to three. You gotta start thinking about the Bears, because um, I think that devo- that like deflects the trap. Like you can't be in a trap spot when you have your backup quarterback in my. Like, you know what I mean? I just don't think it could be. I think that they're gonna show up for their backup quarterback um, more than you know they're gonna be in a trap spot. If Trubisky, maybe you could actually think about it, but um, I think they're gonna really show up, and you know they got their extra rest from Thanksgiving. And um, I think that they're going to play really well. And I wrote four reasons why they could beat the, the Giants with Chase Daniel. It's on Bear Goggles on. So you can definitely check that out. It comes down to mainly, like I said, Chase doesn't turn the football over. Um, I think they could run the football in this game. And I called um, Jordan Howard to run for 100 yards like three weeks ago, the first time they played the Lions. And it didn't go my way. And it went down to, you know, Snacks Harrison has made a big impact. And that's why, you know, the next week they played the Vikings, didn't call it. The next week they played the Lions again, didn't call it because Snacks Harrison... You know who traded Snacks Harrison, the New York Giants. So now I'm calling it against the team that traded Snacks Harrison. Um, I think they can get a lead in this game, and I think that they can get right. Um, The big thing, you know, fantasy wise, it's tough to get invested in Trey Burton and Tarek Cohen because um, Landon Collins just does work over the middle of the football field, and they have some decent linebacker play. But I do think they can run the football. I think that there's no pass rush whatsoever. I think that um, Janoris Jenkins is terrible and um alan robinson is probably going to be um actually a better play than people think in terms of like dfs and stuff probably a little cheaper than people think and i think taylor gabriel has because they have absolutely nobody they have janoris jenkins then they have bw webb who's just you know i mean he's actually playing well because nobody throws his way because janoris jenkins is having a really bad season not only that um bw used to play in the slot but now he's moving outside and who they have in the slot is grant haley um an undrafted free agent um from Penn State. He's like a freak athlete, but he's just he's not ready to play you know NFL football at this point. And that's where I, I just think that you know, um they're gonna be able to have some success really with all the receivers against with Chase Daniel, you know, kind of it's gonna be quick passes. and that's why it's hard to say, you know, like one of them is gonna have a huge game like Anthony Miller. it's gonna be like seven for seventy, you know, five for sixty, and then like six for seventy, you know, like that's all three of them are gonna combine to have like, Those decent little numbers, and like one of them will have the touchdown, but um, they're all decent little plays. And you know, Howard is probably a sneaky little play because um, I don't think, and I knew that against Detroit, you can't run the football on them. So that was going to be really hard for Chase Daniel on that short week. I think now you come into like a week and a half to prepare. Matt Nagy's been talking like relentlessly about running the football. Um, I think they're going to at least try or like, you know, potentially try to get a lead early, um, and try and run the football against the New York Giants. Um, the big play, and I think it's actually really, really underrated, um, and people have to go to it in DFS, uh, potentially, I don't know the prices yet, but if, if Saquon's cheaper than you think, I think Saquon's actually a really good play. And I wrote about it, uh, that as well, that Roquan Smith is going to be the guy, you know, particularly in charge of defending him. And they're really good at, um, Yards allowed to running backs, but they're not that great at success rate allowed to running backs, and it comes down to Roquan. Um, he allows a lot of run or a lot of receptions. He's usually been pretty good against, um, you know, tackling after the catch. The two he's only had two two real good matchups though. If you look at his schedule, he's played absolutely nobody who throws the football to the running backs. David Johnson was by far his toughest matchup. Didn't even get targeted because that was when Mike McCoy was there. Um, and they, you know, he got fired because you, how do you not target David Johnson against a rookie linebacker in week three, you know, like week three of the NFL? That's just like baffling. But n- nonetheless, uh, he played Kenyon Drake and he had a really good game against Kenyon Drake. But, you know, that's Kenyon Drake. He played James White and he played Sonny Michelle. And I talked about it and I wrote about it that um, he played poorly to the point where Vic Fangio, you know, kind of benched him a little bit you know like he was struggling against sonny michelle and james white and the bears are really struggling against sonny michelle and james white so you know that's the toughest two running backs that have caught passes that they've played all season so you know you get checked down eli with you know that's why i think the bears might win because um that offensive line against that pass rush and eli manning it just might and then i actually was thinking you know um I do think Saquon's going to have a great game for fantasy and like, he's just going to have catches galore. Like it might be like 70 yards, but it's gonna be like 14 catches for 70 yards. I really do think that. And I think there's a chance. um, I thought it was really funny. um, The New York daily news is reporting. Eli wants to come back and they're saying that um, it's mainly because the giants think that they've, potentially won too many games and they don't have a quarterback plan um I think Derek Carr we'll, we'll say we'll see Derek Carr is is the one that I'm going for um they, they talked about the Jaguars and Tom Coughlin they talked about like all this stuff that you know Eli's back Eli's back you know and I'm just laughing I'm just laughing uh, and, you know the New York Daily News reporters are you know saying I can't believe people really think he's washed people really don't think he's coming back I'm like wow um so here is like it's a really bold call that um the Bears find a way to, like, end all that nonsense. <laughs> I don't know. They've been, you know, they've been hurting quarterbacks and getting quarterbacks out. You know, Aaron Rodgers. They've got Fitzpatrick benched. You know, um, they had the Brock Osweiler experiment. You know, they've had, there's, like, relentless. Um, they, got Sam, they ended Sam Bradford's entire Arizona Cardinals career. Um, they might end Eli Manning's career. We'll see. Um, I really do kind of think that it's a game where he just gets his ass beat. You know, he just played, um, he played, what's it called? San Francisco, and he played uh, Tampa Bay. And he had de- like he had good, good games, and everyone's like, "See, Eli Manning, it's not him." And it's like he played Oakland and San or he played San Francisco and Tampa Bay. Like, like <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> yes, he can, he can beat them. He's not the worst quarterback in the NFL. Congratulations, Eli Manning. Like, you still got to fade out, brother. You know, like I, I think that the Bears are going to show that. You know, it showed in the second half against Philly, and Philly is like a you know like they're not even what they used to be. Their secondary is just awful. So I think you know. Uh, Chicago has a much better secondary. They can find some ways. I wouldn't bet against Odell. I'd play Odell in fantasy for sure, but I wouldn't play anybody else. Sterling Shepard's probably going to get shut down. Evan Ingram's hurt. Like I said, Saquon is just going to get, you know, as many catches as you could possibly imagine, um, unless he's hurt. And in that case, like then I'm saying that Chase Daniel, like the Bears just go in there. The Giants score like 10 points. Chase Daniel wins like 17 to 10, like 20 to 10. And yeah, I mean, you just walk away thinking that the Bears are, you know, the better team and they play the Rams next week. So, I do think, like I said, I think it could be a look-ahead spot if Trubisky was playing. I think you get a really locked-in team with Daniel. And I think that Saquon is the only answer they have. And I think that Eli Manning, against a vicious pass rush for the first time in a month, um, is I, I just really don't think he's going to look good. So we'll see about that one.
0: Yeah, there there's no way Eli comes back next year, dude. No chance, man.
1: I know I was laughing. I was like, how are they even and listen, the stats like he was there, he played, you know, he but it was Tampa Bay and uh San Francisco, you know. Oh
0: yeah, I could throw touchdowns against them. Jesus Christ, oh my god. All right, well let's move on here, Parks. <laughs> <laughs> we got a nice little matchup here. We got the Broncos coming off a big old win against them Lurs. They're rolling into Cincinnati to play the ice cold Driscoll quarterback Cincinnati Bengals, ladies and gentlemen. This game opened up at minus 3.5, Denver's now at minus 5.5. Over-under has also jumped up a good bit, 42 and a half to 45. Parks, what's up with these line movements here?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like someone's going to come back on Cincinnati, or at some point you're going to get people— Taking Cincinnati, I think that, you know, and I say it all the time, Andy Dalton isn't that great. (laughs) Like, as good as, you know, the thing about Jeff Driscoll is at least he's athletic. So, um, and the bigger thing about Jeff Driscoll is like, A.J. Green might play. So, if A.J. Green plays, it's really interesting because, um, and I said I've been on Denver for a while, and um, it's hard. It's really hard because this team, but um, you're totally going to get a Denver flat spot here. Like, There's just no doubt about it, in my opinion. I, I mean, like, like i said cincinnati is like a real in a really bad spot um in terms of like who they are and you know i have some numbers against nick's like with nick vigil on and off the field it's crazy because um, i was just looking it up you know the big ones are explosive um explosive runs go from seven percent when he's off the field down to 3.2 when he's on the field 23 percent passing down to 16 So like ever since nick vigil's been off the field it's just been terrible for them but at the end of the day, it's one is, uh, you know, Case Keenum. Two, he's on the road in, you know, the Eastern time slot. And um, we've been against him two times so far in the Eastern time slot. One was against the Ravens. The Ravens were laying six and covered pretty easily. Um, they needed a block kick, the Broncos did, to even come close to that game. Um, and, you know, we kind of see what the Ravens are. You know, that was with Joe Flacco. You know, we saw that was like a four and five team that they went to Baltimore and just got their asses beat. Um, speaking of getting their asses beat, they went to um, – New York on like a really, you know, on a really, you know, potential soft spot against the New York Jets and just got completely destroyed. You know, Isaiah Crowell is setting, you know, team records against this team. So like and now, you know, and I, I kind of said it, we were on the Jets in that situation where um, you come off and they just played Mahomes and now they're on the road against the Jets um, in a you know a bad spot for this team. And it's the same situation. You just beat the Chargers and you just beat the Steelers. And now everybody thinks that they're back. And, like, um, it's it's a really, it's a tough spot for them. I, de- I think for, you know, with Andy Dalton, I probably would have been on them. And that's why I keep thinking that, like, I'm getting extra points for Jeff Driscoll. I probably just have to pull the trigger. Uh, I just got I need A.J. Green, honestly, because this is, like, their defense is so freaking bad. I mean, I still think Lindsey will have a decent little game. I think Emmanuel Sanders... Um, Always, he always tends to play well against Cincinnati. So, I mean, he's playing for a contract, so he's going to play well. But you know, Cortland hasn't broken out in the way you thought. Um, you know, they're down to Matt Lacoste is a guy, and you know, is their tight end at this point. So, you know, and they're they have their center. Um, you know, real like their first real road situation with their backup center. So, um, it's tough to you know lay all these points with. Um, With what's their names, especially when you consider that, you know, it's probably a bigger get to get A.J. Green than it's a bigger drop to lose, you know, Andy Dalton. So um, that's where it's tough. It's just their defense is so freaking bad that, like, it's really hard to, you know, say anything positive about them right now, um, especially against a Denver team that is rolling. So, I mean, could Denver win? Like, yeah, for sure. But at the end of the day, they have showed up so flat on the road in the 1 p.m. slot and they're such a poorly coached team and they're coming off of emotional stuff. And that's where it's just hard to say that like Denver could actually be um, could be a play, especially when you're laying this many points. You know, back back at like three and a half. But I really think like at six or like some point, um, people just start taking Cincinnati. We'll see. Um, I don't know yet.
0: Yeah, this game's very weird. Both five and six. I mean, I feel like both don't really. F- I mean, Denver has a better shot at making the playoffs, and they both definitely think they will. I feel like Cincinnati's kind of given up, but. I don't know, I guess we'll see. Denver's definitely coming to the East Coast and whatever.
1: But, you know. Yeah, another one is uh CJ Uzoma. They're the worst against the tight ends. Uh Jeff Driscoll, uh Evan Silva has it that like he targets the tight ends like he did it in the preseason like an unreal amount, and then he targeted the hell out of uh once Andy Dalton got hurt, he went like straight to Uzoma And they really are. uh, Denver's terrible against tight ends. So um, I would look to Zuma in fantasy, honestly, as like a real sleeper in this game.
0: Hell yeah. He's like your flex guy that like you already have a tight end, but like you need like a $2,000, $3,000 guy. Boom. Zuma.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it right there. Yeah, he's just super cheap. You plug him in. He catches like, honestly, he could catch like some crazy passes or he could catch a touchdown because um, that's where Denver stinks. So we'll see.
0: We shall see indeed. All right, let's move on here. Uh, we are still in the one o'clocks here. We got a little NFC battle. We got the big old 10-1 Rams rolling in Detroit to play the 4-7 Lions Parks. Uh, this game's sitting at minus 10 Rams and the over under 55 and a half Parks. Do you, do you see a nice little steamrolling of the Rams over the Lions here?
1: Potentially, and that's why I would look to the under, honestly, because I feel like that's a pretty high total, um, but I do kind of think there could be some potential fireworks, but Honestly, with On Johnson, I feel like they could compete in this game. It's just he he still isn't practicing. So um, that's like the whole thing. You know, Detroit is like predicated on this run team. I think they could run the football on Detroit or on uh, St. Louis or whoever the hell they are. (laughs) Jeez. Um, But either way, I think I really like on Johnson would just be awesome in this spot. And it's like such a great bounce back spot. And like they're trying to find this identity and they're trying and they're trying. And like uh, Seattle found themselves against uh, L.A., in like the biggest way. And, you know, they're six and five uh, from kind of like finding themselves. I think they were like one and three in that spot. So um, like, it's a spot for the Lions, like at home, you know, they're coming off of the bye week. They're coming off the Monday night football, you know, everyone's thinking, Oh, they're going to kill them. You know, I could see carry on Johnson. Um, it's just, I couldn't see, you know, like Garrett Blount or Theo Riddick or like these guys, you know, that's tough, especially, you know, keep to comes back. Um, it's going to be interesting because, you know, you probably put to on Galladay like that's if you throw him that on him you know in his first game then like you're throwing a lot at him especially in a game where you should be able to win um if you throw him on like tj jones you know you kind of get him adjusted he gets his feet wet he has a decent little game but that means you know marcus peters is on galladay and i think Mark or you know galladay um has success against Marcus Peters. So I think, you know, if, if carry on's in there, I really think like carry on's like a lock and just has like 130 yards and a touchdown and they lose by like seven, you know, and it's just like, I, it would be, I really think and it opened 10 and a half. And I was like, man, at ten and a half with carry on Johnson, I'm all over that. But without carry on Johnson, I'm not even like close to on that. I could just see the Rams. Um, being able to do something and you know the rams on offense the big thing is you know i, I just said it with snacks harrison um detroit is such a good run defense ever since they traded for snacks harrison it's crazy but um there's awful everywhere else now and, and like that's even crazier that they just got awful everywhere else or they like they weren't great anywhere else but um yeah you hire a defensive coach and your defense is sad so like they i don't know their their whole thing and i've said it for a long time is they're putting you know square holes around pegs and all that shit and they need like a huge I mean, Entire rebuild of their defense, um, so we'll see with Patricia. But like that's where you know, I don't think Gurley's gonna have success running the football. But I just said Tara Cohen could have had three touchdowns catching the football. You know, just last week, like could Todd Gurley catch three touchdowns? And I'm telling you to fade him because he can't run the football. Like, yeah, I, I would f- I would feel stupid doing that. You know, so I'm not gonna do that. And that's where I would think that. Um, and that's where I'm saying if you can't run the football with carry on and you can't control the t- clock. It's just going to get completely away from you. Um, They're going to have success with Gurley. You know, um, Cooks, um, he's just going to get away from, you know, whether it be Slay. Um, I I think he probably put Slay on Woods. And then Cooks is just, like, running free, though. So um, that's a mismatch. You know, even Gerald Everett is, like, um, I would take Uzoma over Everett. But I think Everett's, like, a decent little play. Like, they could have – the Rams could have some success moving the football. And I would look under because, like – you know, what if it's like 38 to 14? Doesn't that probably go under or something? That's like 52. So, um, that's like where you kind of look in, but like also, you know, what if it's like 28, 24, you know, and that's what I think it could be. If, um, carry on Johnson plays and you can control the football if carry on Johnson have some success with him. I just, I mean, theoretic is like, he's the same play every single week. And like, he catches a bunch of passes. He gets like 60 yards. Um, maybe he does catch a touchdown. Maybe he doesn't. Um, and he's, yeah, I mean, he's in a plus matchup absolutely. Um, and for DFS, yeah, if you want like those consistent points, you go to it. But as far as like betting on the game, you're saying, yeah, they have a chance to move the football because Theo Riddick. It's like, I can't like I can't say that. The only thing I can say is if they have on Johnson, I really do think they'll cover. Um, I just I haven't seen anything positive about on Johnson. So it's really hard to say that.
0: Another thing that would help the under is that the Lions are actually the slowest-paced team in the NFL. So there's that.
1: Yeah, it's this whole identity. Their identity is we run the football, we stop the run. And like when you don't have your starting running back, it's a real issue. But yeah, they they play really slow and they stop the run right now. Boring. All right, we'll <laughs> yeah. Matt Patricia, let's go.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, next game here, another big spread. We have the Arizona Cardinals rolling in the Lambo to play. The good old Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers need this one. Everyone is picking. This is, I think, in Yahoo, I was at like 56% picking Survivor. So, I mean, that was, I mean, most good teams got picked that's we can say the Packers are good I don't know but they're four and six playing two and nine the spread is at minus 14 Green Bay hasn't moved from there uh the over went from 46 to 44 Parks do you see uh Aaron Rodgers and the boys getting back on track here if so are they gonna cover
1: yeah I like I don't know it's it's tough for me because um my whole thing has been like you know there's something not right with Green Bay um Arizona has a little bit of life, you know, I like teams kind of, you know, coming off the blowout in this situation, but the Packers, I feel like at some point, like you gotta like, you gotta get somewhere with this freaking team. Like you have Aaron Rodgers and like Mike McCarthy as, you know, whatever the situation is, like, it's not this bad, you know, they've had a rough schedule. They've had some tough situations, you know, they found a way to cover against Miami and Miami is in, like I said, Adam Gase, they're they found ways in that game to kind of compete with Brock Osweiler. Um, and Green Bay still did cover. So I do kind of think Green Bay has a chance to get right in this game. And I, it comes down to, I don't think there's enough life in Arizona. And, you know, I'll have to spend some time before I kind of look into it. But, like, the way that they just laid down, and you know, Patrick Peterson's having, you know, issues with the head coach. You know, you already fired your offensive coordinator and you had to go back to your um you know your old head coaches, you know, the only guy you had to keep from your old head coaches Regime and Byron LF, which is like the only thing saving your organization. So like I feel like Steve Wilkes looks bad and now he's got his team traveling, you know, and it's gonna be cold and it's gonna be outdoors and you know josh rosen um they're actually getting pressure clay matthews had like a really um he's had a, a couple decent nice games the packers and you know you throw in josh rosen against you know the pressure of what they're able to do um you start to get a little nervous about that so that's where i do think and i think it's a get right game for aaron Rodgers, and i think it's a get right game for aaron jones and i think evan silva tweeted that it's like both of their birthdays or it's one of their birthdays so um i think aaron jones is like the big play they give up like they're like 30 second fantasy points allowed to running backs. so um He's the big play. They've obviously kind of figured out that he's their guy. Um they're gonna throw to him. Hopefully they're gonna throw to him and he would just explode all over them and they would just, you know, be able to close out the game because he can run the football all over them and it would be tough for the Cardinals. They just lost Josh Bynes, who's pretty much you know, as far as a linebacker, their best run stuffer. So they're gonna have some hard times in the second level competing with Aaron Jones and if Aaron Rodgers, who you know, um he like he has to show up or like he has to you know play pretty well at some point here so i think aaron Rodgers plays you know well enough to get them a lead and then you salted away with aaron jones i think Rodgers is like a decent fantasy play but i think aaron jones is like the real fantasy play um Devontae is going to be on patrick peterson so that's going to be interesting but like i always tell you guys not to start Devontae, and then Devontae has like a pretty good game so it's kind of hard like I, I won't start him personally it's kind of like lamar miller where like those two i'm just like okay missing out on for some reason i don't know just a personal thing, I guess, but um, either way, um, he's on Patrick Peterson, so it's really tough to say, but um, MVS and um, ESB, you know, they put ESB in the slot and MVS on the outside. I think that makes a ton of sense because of the speed of MVS and then the route running of St. Brown. They were saying, oh, if Cobb gets back, this and that, I'm like, sit Cobb the hell out. You <laughs> like End his season. I don't care. I'd rather these guys play with Rodgers, to be completely honest, and um, they would be cheap fantasy plays for sure, um, especially... ESB in the slot in my opinion, or honestly, both of them really, it wouldn't matter. I think those two and Jones are like some real plays in my opinion, um, against this team. So I think Rodgers gets a little healthy. I think, like I said, um, I did think to, to the over in this game, honestly, because, um, Mike Daniels is banged up. Uh, Jake Ryan is banged up. Uh, It's like up the gut. Muhammad Wilkerson, I've said it for weeks, Their run defense isn't the same since Muhammad Wilkerson. And you add Mike Daniels to the mix, um, I think they're going to have some issues stopping the run a little bit. Um, So I think David Johnson could have some success. I think it's like to the point of like, you know, really like 17, 20 points. Um, But I really think that Aaron Rodgers, like it could be like 38 to 20 and Aaron Rodgers covers and it goes over in my opinion. So that's where I'm kind of looking for in this game is, you know, Aaron Rodgers to have some success, but really, um, the MVS and ESB sleepers in the Aaron Jones, uh, really mainly the Aaron Jones, but then, yeah, I mean, you're looking on the other side, David Johnson could definitely have some success. Otherwise, I mean, it's tough. Larry Fitz could probably have a good game because, um, I think Jair is going to play outside. Um, And then Larry Fitz gets like Tremont Williams. It's like the battle of the old dudes. You go with Larry Fitz in that one. But yeah, I mean, I I don't think beyond David Johnson, you're really getting too invested. I think uh, Josh Rosen could, you know, really get sacked and turn the football over and struggle in this game. And that's where you're, you know, the icing on the cake says that maybe they can't get in the back door. You know, even though it's 14 um, and maybe uh, Green Bay can cover.
0: Um, On December 2nd, which will be Sunday, Aaron Rodgers will turn 34 and Aaron Jones will turn 23. So, yes, the birthday of the birthday.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, that's weird.
0: Birthday of the errands. I'm taking yeah, back. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, they
1: should uh, – let's see them, you know, get right on their birthdays or whatever.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. All right, let's move on here, Parks. We are finally hitting the 4 o'clock games. We got a big old spread again. This time it is the Chiefs and it's the Raiders. This one will be in – Oakland parks this is the nine and two versus the two and nine this is the offense of the year versus the Oakland Raiders who the Gruden just falling apart and this line opened at minus 15 is at now minus 14 uh over under 55 parks I think the Chiefs win by 37 um what are your thoughts here
1: yeah pretty much I mean I'll just say for Oakland that um at least on defense they're finally playing their young dudes I forgot to even say that on uh the last one, what's his name? Um, Garyon Conley is like playing, and he's playing well. It's well, like, holy crap, they're good players well, are playing him. well. That's crazy. Um, Carl Joseph. You know, you put him in the lineup, you know, your two former first round picks, when you stop benching them for whatever the hell John Gruden was benching them for, they're actually playing decent. Yeah, but that's where you kind of said, maybe Gruden's getting a little better at this. Yeah, maybe you throw um, your your, your young, talented players in the game and they have success. That's crazy. Um, That's the only, like, that's the only thing you could buy into. Moe Hurst, also, I want to say, on the defensive lines, having a big year. Um, Only thing you can buy into is their young players are having a big year. Um, Everything else just tells you to take the Chiefs. Um, I wouldn't mess with the total because, um, you know, he, Justin Houston's back. D. Ford is playing really well. Um, their offensive line is just awful in Oakland. You know, if they get a huge lead and you just kind of let, let it rip with KC, um, I don't know if Oakland can score enough. And that's where you're confident in laying these points. Um, like I said, I, maybe uh, Oakland's defense is a little bit better, but this is Patrick freaking Mahomes, you know. And it's Andy Reid off of a bye. And it's like, it's the perfect time to bet Andy Reid. I, I think I've said it on, you know, with Matt Nagy. Um, I've brought up his stats like he's he's like 15 and two off of a buy and like 10 and six against the spread something like that off of the buy um, and it's because he's like the best game planner there is and you give him two weeks to game plan for you know this defense sure Gary Young Conley and Carl Joseph are playing well but you know it's the Mahomes train and that's why yeah I mean the whole analysis is just like don't miss out on these guys you know like start Kareem Hunt start uh, Kelsey you know find some value in Chris Conley I think you're I mean I guess we'll see um it, it, I don't know if Watkins, I haven't honestly looked into Watkins' status, but if he's out, um, you could definitely find some value in a dude like Chris Conley. So um, that's like kind of, you know, like the sneaky place. Because I mean, I, I bet these guys are high priced, but um, honestly, don't let the high price of Mahomes scare you and don't like Gary on Conley. I mean, like a, he, he actually is playing well, but it's going to be so tough for this defense against this offense. And Andy Reid off of a bye makes it only worse. So yeah, not much, t- not too much to uh, get into this one.
0: Um- The only reason I would think to fade the Chiefs this week is because Mahomes just signed with, guess who, Hunt's Ketchup instead of Heinz. Oh, that's crazy. I don't know if I can get behind him this week, man. I don't know.
1: Mm. Oh, I look at him a lot differently now. That's weird. Damn.
0: Can you believe? I think Hunt's is more based out of the Midwest. I could be wrong. could be totally making this up, but I don't know.
1: I think cool. it's Ohio, so I mean, I, guess. I think it's yeah. It's probably just like you can't go into Heinz Field with a Heinz endorsement. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that would be a bad look there. But okay. <laughs> we see you, Patty. We see you. All right, well, let's move on, Parks. Next game, we got the Jets. We got the Titans. Titans could use a win here. They're five and six. Jets are out of it. They're three and eight. Um, I'm not sure he's playing quarterback for the Jets, but the over under's a nice smooth forty. And uh, Tennessee is I wow minus nine. Damn. Uh, looks like they think Tennessee's going to roll here. Uh, what do you think, Parks?
1: Yeah, I think that's way too high. Just like like you said, I think that's just like weirdly high. Yeah. Um, and, you know, someone pointed out Tennessee averages like 17 uh, points per game right now. So, like, how are they going to cover a nine-point spread in yeah. this situation? <laughs> um, that would be really tough. So, um, it's it's honestly Jets are pass on the spread because like, anything over seven just seems crazy with Tennessee. But Tennessee should be in a get-right spot. I mean, you kind of look at... Um, Like I just said, you're up 10-7 on um, Houston. You have a real good chance to go into their house on Monday Night Football and make it 17-7. And then all of a sudden that game just changes on one play. You know, and 17-7, that's just like a completely different game. And you kind of look at the Jets and say, well, if it's 17-7 against the Jets, you know, they're beating the shit out of them and they're kind of putting it away. But um, their offense is just weird, Tennessee. You know, um, they're another team that doesn't really play with much pace. And um, they're really trying to run the football. And, you know, I kind of said – um, Sonny Michel is a great DFS last week. So, I mean, um, they're trying to get back to Derrick Henry. I still think Deion Lewis is just like he's been better. So, I mean, he would be the better play in fantasy, but they're probably both um, because you, you really just want to get them like on the football field. You know, someone drew up, uh, you know, kind of I don't know if it's like talking crap on the floor. And I mean, it's true. I I can't stand some of like the the weird things he's doing. Um, Like that fourth down play call. And, you know, they were saying, you know, he comes, it's like third down and he comes out in 13 personnel and passes the football. And like, everyone's applauding, um, you know, Shanahan and McVay for doing stuff like that. And he's a Shanahan McVay guy. It's just like his tight ends are, I, can't, I honestly don't even remember their names that um he lined up at tight end. And it's like, these are your wide receivers on a third down play. And it's like, yeah, I do kind of get that too. So um, I think it's more of for LaFleur in the offense, it's more of personnel than it is the play calling. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they're just not scoring enough to cover a nine point spread. So that's where it's really tough. And they're just going to run the football. That's like all they really can do at this point. I mean, Corey Davis, I think, could get deep um, because I, I've been saying for a while that you kind of can t- attack the Jets in the slot. And the one thing that Corey Davis has been able to do in the last couple of weeks, you know, he he has his huge game was against Stefan Gilmore when he lined up like all, all of his catches came from the slot. So I think you get him on Buster screen in the slot and that could just be some real trouble. So I mean I think Corey Davis has a good game. I think their running backs have a good game. But I mean I don't think the Jets really um it's tough to get invested in them. I think they, you know, you can run the football and you can throw the football, you know, to their running backs against the uh against tennessee and that's why like, i would like to say eli mcguire it's just like the last time i said him, he had like three carries so um it's, you know it's uh they clearly are you know probably easing him back in from an injury he's a second year player he's like a lower level player he's kind of getting his feet wet it's tough to say that like he could have a pretty big game against them so um the other thing if robbie anderson plays you would get him on malcolm butler and um that's a huge issue because of robbie anderson's speed um and his like deep ball ability so Robbie Anderson would torch Malcolm butler i I honestly haven't looked into his health enough. I honestly haven't looked into this game enough, so um I would definitely lean to the Jets and think that they could have some success running the football. They could have some success against um what's his name Butler and I don't think Tennessee scores enough you know to the point where you could lay that many points with Tennessee so um I think that total's too low to you know look to the under. Because I could, like I said, you know, all of a sudden McGuire um, and what's his name break one, and it's like a twenty-seven fourteen game. But um, I do think that you could probably look to uh, the Jets more than you would look to Tennessee.
0: I do think I'm probably not going to watch this game at the four o'clock slot because it, it looks boring. Uh, yeah, that's
1: going to be a skipper.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, you know what game I'm gonna watch parks. This next guy here. This is gonna be a fucking beauty of a game. We got the six and four Vikings. We got the eight and three Patriots. If you're a Steelers fan, if you're a Chiefs fan, if you're a Texans fan, even if even if you're a Chargers fan, you're probably looking for these Vikings to upset these Patriots. And the spread opened at minus six Patriots, but now it's minus four and a half, and the over-unders at forty-eight and a half um parks uh you lean anyway here i think gronk can just add the questionable tag to him i don't know it looks like Thielen's a little banged up too what are your thoughts here
1: yeah i don't really know on the injury fronts um i don't really have a lean for this game honestly i'd probably look to the under more than anything and it kind of goes back to like um you know the big thing that i say it all the time that the way that you beat tom brady the vikings are absolutely designed to beat tom brady um because you get home with four and that's exactly, um, and they threw stunts at, what's his name, Aaron Rodgers, like nobody's business. And that would be the most effective way to do it against Tom Brady. Like they did, what they did against Aaron Rodgers is also the game plan to do it against Tom Brady. You know what I mean? And they have the pieces because um, Griffin is back. And like I've been saying ever since Griffin's back, they're back on defense. And Like the big issue with that is Xavier Rhodes is hurt. You know, and like I really don't think Xavier Rhodes is going to play. And then you start to get into it's Holton Hill and it's Trey Waynes against Tom Brady. You know, and I say you know there's one big thing with with Tom Brady, the way that he's able to kind of combat that you know four man rush. Yes, the four man rush of the Eagles got to Tom Brady. Tom Brady played the best game like probably in quarterback history against the Eagles. You know, but he was so damn effective against that rush. The rush just got like one or two stops and won the Super Bowl because of it. Um, Tom Brady's able to beat you with his mind. He's able to like see three steps ahead of you, and he's completing the pass and he's beating the rush by getting the ball out of his hands before the rush is able to come to him. You know that's how he's typically done it. That's how he's beaten um, the Eagles. Or you know he didn't beat the Eagles, but he had a lot of success against the Eagles. That's how he beat the Seattle Seahawks in that Super Bowl. Um, that was really impressive. You know all these teams, you know with four man pass rushes that like really can get home and can really kind of sit back and drop seven into coverage. Um, That's how he beats them. It's just the quick, maniacal passes so he's able to get the job done. And that's where like, he has to do that in this game because uh, Minnesota ranks fourth in adjusted pass rush right now. And they're not doing it. I know I just said Shaq Mason and uh, what's his name? Trent Brown came back. But like without them, they haven't been doing a good enough job protecting Brady. Um, With them back, I mean, potentially, yeah, for sure. But you also added Minnesota such a great defensive line that um, it's going to be really interesting. I don't think there's going to be any ability – For Tom Brady to throw the football deep down the field. I think that, you know, the good thing with Trey Waynes is like, he's really fast. He's really physical. That's good. Deep down the field. I think that, you know, like, uh, Josh Gordon, uh, Julian Edelman, I think they could have some success on him, especially, um, Julian Edelman against Mackenzie Alexander in the slot could probably be some success, but like, I don't think they're going to, um, like destroy the Minnesota Vikings on offense. I think they're going to have some success. They're going to move the football. It's going to be that quick, crazy Tom Brady, like, you know, he's like 28 for 31, but it's like 200 yards, you know, just like he's just like moving the football maniacally down the football field, um, kind of taking his time, doing his thing. And that's where I'm like really looking under in this game. You look at the Vikings, though, and, you know, you probably make a case for the Vikings based off of the fact that the big issue with them is every week they're just getting destroyed because their offensive line is terrible. And Kirk Cousins, um, Arif Son of The Athletic had a really funny piece or like it's not funny. It's like a real it's a real piece out um, of. Kirk Cousins reacts the same way under pressure that he does when he's from a perfect pocket. and That's why, like, his passes are so bad under pressure because he, he doesn't change any, like, ability. Like, he throws the same exact, like, he steps the same way, he throws the same way. Like, he doesn't change his arm slot, anything whatsoever. He throws the same exact pass every single time, whether he's under pressure or not. So he really, like, under pressure, it's not been great for him. But um in New England's 30th in pressure rate right now. So, like, this is his best chance. This is the only time where he's not going to have much pressure against him. Um, It's also, you know, like a decent run game. They're really trying to run the football with Dalvin Cook, get back to that, because they have no balance whatsoever. And that's where you look at Bill Belichick and you say, well, Bill Belichick takes the one, you know, the best thing away from them. Um, He already can't pressure them. They're just, you know, they're probably just going to, like, just throw crazy coverages at Kirk Cousins, um, make him read a lot of defenses, make him read a lot of blitzes you know drop a lot of guys back and really just yeah try and confuse the hell out of him and pick him off um it's going to be interesting because stefan gilmore followed Corey davis into the slot and just got absolutely manhandled so like if adam Thielen, i mean you'd obviously got to look at his health but Thielen could just destroy him in the slot and but if gilmore doesn't go into the slot you know uh it's going to be eric rowe and eric Rowe's is probably going to get destroyed in the slot so you're looking to Thielen in this game if gilmore doesn't follow him into the slot um He's going to cover Stefan Diggs who's already banged up and that's another reason you got to look under because um, Diggs gets hurt like he he's a really good player but he gets hurt a lot and when he's hurt like he's actually really hurt so um it's going to be tough like I think even if he plays he's going to be pretty ineffective and then if you compound that Stefan Gilmore is going to be on him but um, I then I then kind of think that you put Gilmore on Thielen, and because you're not as worried about Diggs. But like I said, if Thielen and Gilmore are in the slot, that's really interesting. But it does kind of come down to um, I do kind of like Minnesota. The big fear is you know um, New England lane, less than seven at home is just like money in the bank. Like no matter what, they just they win by seven at home every single time. It's like not that hard. No matter who their opponent, you know they might be favored by 14 and win by seven at home. But like they win by seven at home. That is what they do. So it's really hard to say that, you know, Kirk cousins of all people can go into, you know, new England and win and, you know, win a game there. But I do think he can have some success passing the football just enough to where, you know, Tom Brady has to do that thing to avoid the pass rush. Um, They're really bad, or they're really good at run defense. So I I wouldn't go back to Sonny Michelle. I would absolutely go to James White because it's the same idea as Saquon. To where like maybe he does get sixty yards, but it's going to be like fourteen catches. So like you're really you know you're banking on that all day. So um, he's the big one. Like I said, I think Edelman in the slot, and I think Thielen in the slot are kind of the other big ones there. So um, yeah, I think Brady. I mean, I don't know about fantasy. Probably like I think over and pass attempts and over completions would probably be um, prop bets that you look to.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm trying to find... uh here we go. Have you, any, have you heard any injury news on uh, Xavier Rhodes? And has Chow mentioned anything?
1: He hasn't practiced. So, um, and Chow even tweeted, you know, like, kind of, I guess, snarkily a little bit. He was like, oh, for a mild injury, that's not that bad. That's funny to see him not practicing, you know, so... Chow doesn't think he's going to play. Zimmer is saying fully that he's going to play. Um, you probably can't, you know trust the guy who has no money at stake. You know versus the guy who you know, he wants you to believe that Xavier Rhodes is playing. You know everybody. You know Jim Harbaugh or John Harbaugh is still trying to tell you that um, you know that Joe Flacco is going to play on Sunday. So like you know I don't know how much you trust Zimmer.
0: Chow said yesterday Xavier Rhodes did not practice in parentheses not even limited practice uh for a very right. very mild hamstring but vikings hc says good chance to play sunday gotta love Charles right. like mild Yeah, there, there's there's some snark in there for sure <laughs> he also says uh trubisky's definitely not playing so there's that oh yeah trubisky's
1: not playing that's for sure um that's that's why that line's trending down and like i said when it gets to three i think that's where um chicago is actually decent that's where that
0: money's at all right we got one more four o'clock game parks Little NFC West matchup here. We got the two and nine Niners not looking too hot versus the six and five Hawks of Seattle. This will be in Seattle. The Seattle's real hot right now. Uh, minus tennis is spread. It's pretty high. This is a pretty big pick in the pickems if you're still alive as well. Survivor pulls um, over under's at forty six. Parks uh, is Russell Wilson. The boys gonna take care of business on Sunday
1: yeah potentially um and yeah i mean i haven't been like touting too too many dogs in this one which is kind of interesting but um actually probably when you go down actually this one i kind of like the shorter dogs and don't like the heavier ones i guess but um i was thinking you know first you're thinking division rival you know um probably play it close you know lane 10 that's a lot um kyle shanahan's a pretty good coach but um you start to look at it and seattle's won six straight against uh Against San Francisco, ever since Jim Harbaugh's left, they haven't been able to beat uh, beat San Francisco, and they've actually three of those six they've won by more than ten. So, um, and one of those was you know Kyle Shanahan. So they've been able to beat um, San Francisco consistently. They've been able to beat the crap out of San Francisco consistently. And yeah, I mean they haven't had any trouble. Um, it actually is funny. Jim Harbaugh went in there and went three and zero to start his career against Seattle, and then he went one and three. And then yeah, ever since then they went six and zero. That's really you know like Pete Carroll kind of just took advantage of um that whole thing and like yeah so they they do kind of own san francisco russell wilson absolutely um i remember he used to just own colin kaepernick like kaepernick would just struggle so bad and he would just come to play so much against uh them and it's it, like i said six and zero since Harbaugh left so like they've really um they haven't taken their foot off the gas when it comes to that rivalry honestly they they like treat it like the old days you know and they just kind of beat up on them a little bit and that's where it's so hard to get invested in San Francisco especially when I just said man Nick Mullins I wouldn't say he got exposed I think he you know we all know what he is and we know that physically like there's a reason he's on the practice squad despite the fact that he can recite the freaking playbook you know blindfolded like with five beers in him like there's a reason that he could like that he's not playing despite all that like he is physically not capable of playing and then you added you know he's going to go into Seattle he's going to go into you know um, all of that noise and all of the, you know, potential weather and conditions and they're, you know, flying around the football right now. They're playing pretty fast right now. You know, Brita had a good game last week, but, you know, that's some Bobby Wagner stuff and you're thinking, you know, is San Francisco going to score in this game? (laughs) You know, like you're, you kind of walk out, you know, out of this game kind of thinking that, you know, their offensive line has some name power, but I kind of think Seattle's, you know, and Seattle gets ran on a little bit, you know, I could see it, but I really do kind of think Seattle just comes in and just disrespects the hell out of Nick Mullins and, um. I think they have some success, you know. You say, "Oh, Seattle's coming right off, you know, back off the East Coast from Carolina," but San Francisco is just on the East Coast in Tampa Bay, so there's really, you know, there's no advantage there whatsoever. The the advantage actually goes to Pete Carroll because, like I always say, you just you bet Pete Carroll in spots. You know, I bet him on the East Coast a few times. He covered in London. Um, I don't think it's an issue. A division rival, laying ten, and all that stuff. So, um, haven't done it yet, but I I definitely think Seattle wins this game. And I don't think Pete Carroll has any issue, you know, kind of beating the shit out of them. So um, that's where, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, it'd be so tough to play anybody on San Francisco in uh, in uh, Seattle. I mean, there's probably some Brita, some Brita action, especially if they're trailing, you know, he's just going to be checking down to Brita. But I, I'm not going to like play him in DFS or anything. Instead, I would look to um, a lot, pretty much all Seattle too, you know. You know, Russ Wilson, they have no pass rush. And I just said against Carolina, he could probably kind of sit back and drop bombs without that pass rush. Um, that's what he did, and you're kind of going back to the you know whether it be David Moore or whether it be Tyler Lockett. um Baldwin's hurt, and Baldwin's just gonna play in the slot and he's gonna take the underneath stuff. But um, Lockett and David Moore are the guys who are like going to be the big money in this uh, situation, and then Chris Carson is probably you know just going to run wild on them. So those are all the moves. Start those guys in fantasy um, potentially if you really feel it. Lay it because um, like I said, I don't think Nick Mullins going to San Francisco. I just don't think physically he has enough in him to compete in this game. And like I said, you know it's it, while it is a division rival, and while San Francisco will show up, <clears throat> it doesn't matter. And Pete Carroll's going to beat him.
0: Yeah, well, Parks. As you know, I'm a giant tease guy, and this is screaming tease me, Parks. Guy. I just love a nice teaser. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and I'm like, I don't know. I like the three team teases because you get ten on it, and I like you know you get them down to pick them. Like hell yeah, you just find two Ooh. other little spots. You know, I was thinking May- Green Bay, thinking and you know you May- find May- another one. You feel you know uh, what the uh, Kansas City. You probably feel really good about Rams. those three.
0: But the Rams... Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt, Parks. Yeah, so the Rams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: If Kerryon Johnson <laughs> plays, I'm telling you, man. that reaction You always got, the got something to against see.
0: them. Damn Rams, Parks. Oh, my God. One day, we'll get you to be a Rams fan. Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: they got to cover first. Even Kramer said it, Texas. They don't. They never cover. All right, dude. Lay Good teams win. Rams. Great teams cover. That's all, all right, I got to say. All right,
0: I get it. I get it. I'll talk to golf, all right? <laughs> all right, one more game. Well, two more games. But one more game for Sunday. We got... Damn Pittsburgh Steelers. They're playing on Sunday night. They are amazing in prime time. I'm gonna be at this game. I don't lose when they go. They are seven and three and one. Chargers are eight and three. Rolling in the town. Philly Rivers, he's taking that long ass trip. I don't know if he's taking his family, but it's gonna be cold on Sunday. I hope he, I don't know, they're gonna be miserable. It's gonna be like
1: sixty on Sunday.
0: Okay, it's gonna be hot on Sunday, so <laughs> is it really? That's awesome. What about Sunday night? Yeah. Is it gonna be hot on night?
1: I don't, uh, I don't I don't know. But it's going to be like 45 all weekend and then like 60 on Sunday.
0: Yo, that's dope. That's solid. Yeah. Tailgate weather. Oh, my God. We're so going to win. Oh, my God. Right. So just <laughs> take all your money and put it on the, the money line if you're too scared to bet minus three but uh, it's Pittsburgh Steelers this is the Chargers this is Sunday night uh, Steelers are currently mi- oh it went down to minus three that's money take it now and uh, minus three Steelers and over under 51 and a half Parks uh, Steelers had a tough loss against uh, the AFC West uh, Broncos now they play the AFC West Chargers uh, what do you see happening here
1: yeah, um, we laid the three two, and that's what you're kind of looking to do. I'd much, honestly, I'd much rather lay the three than the three and a half for sure. And I even I texted you guys like on Tuesday of last week, like before Thanksgiving, and I said <laughs> I think that. Uh, if the Chargers blow out Arizona and I think that if the Steelers lose, we're going to be able to get three. (laughs) So like I was, I I was really looking ahead to this one. Um, and I do, we already laid the three for sure. And it's, it's a play I really like. Um, and I was just telling you, I'm seven and on the last seven Steelers games that I bet on. So, um, whether it be a side of the total, I've, I've like laid off some sides and I've laid off some totals, but when I'm committed to something where we've won our last seven on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, um, I do, I really think that they come in and, uh, Take care of the Chargers in this game, and I talked about it on the FPC podcast, um, where the where the matchups kind of lie. And where I kind of think that one, I think the Steelers are going to be able to move the football on offense pretty much. I mean, maybe not at will, but like, I don't think it's like the 52 point game against Carolina, but I think they're going to be able to move the football and you say, oh, but they have, you know, Bosa is back in Ingram. They have a pretty good pass rush and they do. But you know, one big thing is um, Matt Filer is going to come back and this is, I don't know if this is like breaking news, but um, I, me and Brian on the other podcast have been talking about it, that Marcus Gilbert will not be on the Steelers next year. There's just no chance. So um, you heard that now before anybody else. Like three months from now, that'll be news. But Marcus Gilbert won't be on the Steelers because they've actually, they have not only Matt Filer, but Chukso for um, started last week. It was against Vaughn Miller. So like take that into consideration. But like he played fine considering he played against Von Miller. You know what I mean? So um, you have him, but you also have Filer. And I think Filer is definitely going to be back. Gilbert's trying to get back. But the fact of the matter is... Um, they're going to be able to protect a quarterback like they're number one in um, they're number one in protecting their quarterback right now. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers are on a per pass play, you know. And there's another Ben's throwing like a lot of interceptable passes or whatever. He's like leading the league in interceptable passes, but then he's like eleventh in interceptable passes per attempt. It's like the Steelers are just throwing the football a lot. And um, I do think you know they're going to be able to have success throwing the football because you look, they have uh, Casey Hayward. I don't think Casey Hayward can follow. Because who does Casey Hayward follow, you know? Does he follow A.B.? If that's the case, um, you know, Juju just kills Michael Davis, who is – you know, I think he's a rookie. It's like his third career start in the NFL. So, um, like, Juju would just go to work on him. But if he follows Juju, A.B. is just going to go to work on him. So I think they're kind of like – I was telling Brian, just look for the left side of the field. I think the Steelers will be trying to attack the left side of the field um, with their passing game with quick passes to compact, you know, the uh, passers or the chargers. But the big thing with the Steelers is I think they're going to get back to the running game and like everyone's freaking out of it. Like it's, it's so weird with the James Conner. Oh, ever since Le'Veon Bell, James Conner has been bad. It's like, no, ever since Le'Veon Bell, the game plan has gone away from James Conner. Like, that's all that's gone on in these situations. He hasn't touched the ball enough to like go over a hundred yards or like do anything crazy i know he fumbled a couple times which yeah i mean maybe but um i think they're gonna go right back to him in like a really heavy dosage way and you look at what the chargers do um statistically they're okay against the run um i would i wish i had their schedule up in front of me i don't but um They've played absolutely nobody. They've played nobody whatsoever. And when they actually did play somebody last week, the Arizona Cardinals, um, David Johnson was running all over them, and it was 10-0, and then that team folded up shop, you know? So I think the Steelers will be able to come out and run on them, especially when you factor in, um, they've played like two games without Corey Legit, and they've played um, like two games, two or three games without Denzel Perryman as well. Um, I was kind of saying on the podcast, like, Legit is their Hayward, and Perryman's like their Shazier. So like, that's like their two biggest players, especially in terms of running the football. So they're really, I think they're really going to be effective. Um, they they put a safety, like a safety is their second linebacker. They don't have like, they don't have enough linebackers. They actually drafted Kaiser White, who was a safety converted to linebacker and he's out. So, you know, they're banged up in the middle of the field and they're susceptible to being run on. So I really think it's a big James Connor game. I think you get both receivers honestly involved against Michael Davis and that, that's just how you're able to move the football and, you know, score. Obviously, how I think it's enough to win. Um, you know, Philip Rivers, I think he's really good. And, you know, I think they're moving the football well, but I said it on the other podcast. While no, I don't think in, you know, like the fantasy guys are going to be, you know, you're all over Austin Eckler. He's going to have a great game for sure. Um I think he's going to have a great game, but I don't think the offense is like the same without Melvin Gordon because the best part of them is that they're on the field together and can do things together. So they're going to have to put Justin Jackson on the field a lot. And I got, that's why I don't know if Jackson's going to you know, run the ball a ton. I think they're going to just come out and try and throw the ball to Austin Eckler in the passing game. <laughs> same idea. You know, James White, um, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler. You want the cheap points? You know, you want easy catches? but all three of them are probably gonna catch 10 passes this week so um, but the big thing for the Pittsburgh Steelers is they're actually number one in success rate um with passes to the running backs and it comes down to Vince Williams is a downhill player special teamer Um, you know he's see ball get ball see running back tackle running back you know he can defend the run or he can defend passes to the running back Um, so can John Bostic that's you know Bostic is smarter than Vince but Bostic is the same regard of a downhill player um Morgan Burnett you know they're starting to play him as a linebacker similar to the idea as the Chargers start Adrian Phillips at linebacker so um what can Morgan Burnett do chase down running backs, you know, chase down Austin Eckler. So I think Eckler can have a lot of catches, but the Steelers have proven throughout the season to be really good in that regard. And I think it can continue this week. So, um, we'll see, like I said, I, I just don't think the chargers maybe uh, don't have enough firepower. Um, Keenan Allen will be on Mike Hilton in the slot. So I think that's a good matchup for him. I think they're going to do a lot of things where they're able to get, um, Vince on Keenan Allen, a lot of like mis- mismatching routes. But, um, so Keenan, I think he'll have a good day overall. But um, I don't think it'll be like impactful. You know what I mean? So. Um, and the other thing is the Chargers are um, – they haven't played anybody that pressures the quarterback either. Like their schedule is just – it's been terrible. They've played absolutely nobody to this point. So nobody pressures the quarterback. The Steelers, as good as they are at protecting the quarterback, they're equally as good at getting to the quarterback. So I'm calling for a TJ Watt sack, and I, I also called for a Sean Davis pick. That's like a really bold call. Um, but I think like they're preaching turnovers, and Sean Davis is the one that has to make one like as a back-end player. So I'm just picturing like Phil Rivers – kind of like a comeback attempt. Like, I think it's going to be a shootout and I think that's bad for rivers on the road. I think he's going to like try and, you know, push the football. That's how they lost to, um, Not only the Chiefs, but the Rams. That's how you lost to both of them is that, you know, you get into a shootout. Rivers is trying too hard to be that gunslinger and he just like throws one up for grabs. And you're like, why the hell did you do that, Rivers? You know, it's it's like he always, you know, they've been extremely efficient, like extremely unreal efficiency, but they haven't played anybody. That's why I keep saying Um, they beat Seattle in Seattle. It was a really close game, but that's the best team that they've played. And I think that... um, Pittsburgh is kind of like a wake-up call, a reality dose, and I think Rivers will throw one up for grabs. So hopefully Sean Davis comes down with it and I look good. But that's where I think that the Steelers, um, I think they have enough offensively and can control the clock with the running game. I don't think the Chargers can run the football, and I don't think Eckler will have enough success with yardage. So looking Steelers.
0: Uh, another key uh fact uh, fun fact here. Um every game that I've been to the last four games, uh A B has scored at least one touchdown. So I mean if you want to fire him up in DFS and just get free points, you know, be my guest. Take the Yeah, letters. I think
1: all your trends are gonna continue. Steelers win, A B touchdown. I, I think need. we see one, yeah.
0: Come on, hep. Come on here. Let's go, Lars. I can't wait for that game. All right. Parks, one game left, Monday nighter. We got the NFC East battle here. Six and five Redskins versus the five and six. Eagles. Um this game I'm not saying loser leaves town, but it would definitely help if they won. I get the what Dallas There, I think they're six and five right now, but they're playing New Orleans tonight. Yeah. So you know this this whole division is a clusterfuck. But uh this game is very impactful. Right now the Eagles are minus six and the over under is at forty five. Uh Redskins have been cool, but the Eagles haven't been good. So I don't know. What do you see happening here, Parker?
1: Like, as weird as it's, it's not even close to loser leaves town because it's almost winner is in the driver's seat. Because <laughs> uh, if, if Washington wins, they are in the – if Dallas loses tonight, which, you know, we're um, – I guess I'm assuming. But if Dallas loses tonight and Washington wins, they're in first place alone and they have a win over Philadelphia. And they have a – you know, they're one and one against Dallas. So that's like huge for Washington. If Philadelphia wins and Dallas loses, all three of them are six-and-six with four games to go so yeah i mean winner of this game actually controls their own destiny so it's it's crazy what the nfc east is and yeah i mean it's this these are two teams that i just want to fade so badly and just can't because they're playing each other and you know i've been kind of saying there's like teams that i've figured out um you know seattle i figured out denver i figured out pittsburgh i figured out like a lot of teams i figured out but um I can't figure out these, at least not now. I figured out uh, Philadelphia at times um, for sure, but I've also, you know, there's been some times where I haven't. In Washington, I've just, I've never. Figured out. You know, we, I got the like, wash the encapsulation of my like guessing on Washington this season or my picks on Washington is me taking them at eight and a half and then telling everyone to take them at seven and a half and then the game landing on eight. Like, that's what, like, that's exactly how my handicapping on Washington has been all season. Like, it's just like, it's so hit or miss or like off or on and it just lands in the middle of what I think. So I have a hard time, like, even looking into this game, especially like Philadelphia secondary. Um, I don't know if anybody's healthy and if they are like they're all just terrible right now so like can you really invest in a team laying a touchdown with with like the worst secondary in the nfl like easily the worst secondary in the nfl when you look at names of their secondary like you can't you just can't lay it more like a touchdown with that but you know are you taking colt mccoy back-to-back road games you know after he just went gunslinger colton like kind of threw the game away i mean probably not i would probably honestly as crazy as it sounds look more to that than look to philadelphia um because that secondary is just so brutal, you'd love to see like if Chris Thompson or like if somebody could like come back and give me some life. Um, Washington's also been performing pretty well against the tight ends in the last few weeks, and obviously that's a lot of what Philadelphia does. And the other thing, um, there's a lot of jokes going around because Darren Sproles is playing, and everyone's like, "Oh God, you know they're already struggling to get Golden Tate, and they're like running stupid screens and like." wasting plays on golden tate <laughs> like so now they're going to bring D- darren sproles back and waste just as many plays on him so um philly like I-, I can't be on philly probably for the rest of the season at least um the big one is jordan hicks um number one is jordan hicks and then you start looking at the cornerbacks like which cornerbacks like as crazy as it sounds like you need a avante maddox back <laughs> so like it's like a weird team uh they're just so banged up in their secondary but yeah i mean you're looking for health you're looking for jordan hicks is the big one um, before you can even look to bet Philadelphia, um, but like like can you really with um, they're still missing Scherf in the worst way. Um, Washington is so it's going to be tough to see them run the football against Philly's front, and that's where it's going to come down to. Like Colt McCoy is going to have to throw the football and beat this team on the road. Um, how much do you want to invest in that? That's, I'm, I just can't get on either side. I actually would maybe think to the over because I think both teams will, will be able to move the football a little bit. So maybe look to the over. Can't really trust either side
0: parks i feel like i represent the the sucker public when i bet um i'm probably gonna bet the eagles here and it'll probably be like minus seven so uh, you might want to yeah. go redskins i just yeah.
1: that team is so garbage i could not. Uh, i couldn't I do it i really can't but do it's
0: it. monday night you gotta bet someone you know
1: no, but I would take well, – I I mean, as crazy as it sounds – it's the same thing as the Giants last week. Like, there was no reason the Eagles should have been laying seven. And then it's 19-3, you know, you're just like, yeah, there's no freaking reason the Eagles should be laying seven. It's the same thing in my opinion. I don't think – I just don't think they're that real. So, we'll see. If they prove it, then good for them. And they're actually right back in the uh, – division but uh, yeah they suck and especially their secondary i gotta see like i gotta see some type of if it's leblanc and the sullivan brothers like i don't even know the sullivans i have no idea who those two <laughs> dudes are like if it's them it's so bad oh man those poor
0: eagles all right well <laughs> that wraps it up man it was a week 13 uh, a little preview there huh
1: yeah felt good i uh, got back to uh the routine we'll see if uh We'll see if we come home. You know, the big one's the Steelers, so we'll see about that. And then, yeah, I mean, a couple dogs, the Browns and uh, the Jags. We'll see if we add anything else to it.
0: Yeah, I think you're on, what, a two-week uh, uh, winning streak here? So I'm trying to make it three, you know, stay hot out there.
1: Yep, yeah, and then, it's, you know, what, four or five weeks till the playoffs, so that's Ooh. that's what hopefully matters. Hey,
0: man, you know what? this You know, Super Bowl teams happen, you know, they start warming up right about now. They get just rolling into the playoffs, and that's how you win Super Bowl. So, I mean, you know, like what we see out there
1: yep it's gonna be a good weekend and yeah a couple good games a couple shitty games so um hopefully we'll navigate those
0: yeah avoid the shitty ones um good luck in your fantasy leagues everyone this is week 13 you know if you try to make those playoffs you know it's all uh, you never know what happens but uh
1: and no bye weeks so we we don't even have to talk about it no bye weeks
0: well there's no all right so that's good i, I didn't look up that park i, I didn't know if there were all right well that wraps this one up uh, ladies and gentlemen any last words there parks
1: No, that's it. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys on Tuesday to recap it all.